Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest is Mr. Mike Sukamel of Anytime Fitness out of Phelan, California. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good to be here. I am excited to have you here. I always enjoy this type of conversation with people that have gone the franchise route because I think it provides a good insight into, and especially with Anytime Fitness, because there's guidelines and there's help but it's not overbearing. We still have the artistic license to be able to run a business how we would like. So I think most of the people that listen to this podcast know what Anytime Fitness is, but for specifics here, when you describe this feeling club, give us a little bit of when people ask you what this gym is about, how do you describe it? Yeah, absolutely. So of course, any, everybody knows Anytime Fitness by the 24, 24 hour access, um, you know, without the club being staffed 24 um, seven. They're also known for personal training, things like that. However, I think what makes our, our club kind of stand out from all the others is uh, the community. Um, like, you know, we're, we're in a pretty rural area of California. It's a very tight knit community. And um, we have a lot of really good, uh, you know, good members here, good community that uh, really help support one another. And it's just a good environment in here. And I think that's, that's one of the strongest parts of our club really. Yeah. And club is a, a good description. Obviously it's the moniker that anytime fitness has used, but anytime fitness has really found its niche in not necessarily the giant conglomerate commercial gym and not necessarily the, the micro gym model that has become so well known in this country. It's sort of in between and, and hybrid, if you will. Take us back to the, the moment in time that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up a gym. I, I'm fascinated by these origin stories. What was going on for you and how did all this come to be? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, oh man, it started when I was real young. Um, I've been probably, I've had a gym membership probably my entire adult life, um, from various different, different types of gyms. Um, you know, and I, I, as, as a young man, I was always like, you know what, I really want to own one of these. I want to be a part of this. Um, but I just didn't know where to start. Um, the years tick by, you know, uh, life kind of grabbed hold, kind of got involved in other stuff. Um, <clears throat> started working in law enforcement with my local agency. Um, from there, my, you know, my love of fitness just got stronger. Um, you know, I started working with, um, uh, you know, other law enforcement officials, uh, boosting fitness, going to the tactical, tactical occupation side rather than the athletic side. Um, and then that just really lit the fire even more. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, I spent years, you know, saving up my money, getting that capital, getting some investment funds. Um, and then I just didn't know where to start. So, you know, I started doing research. Hey, who's, who's leading in the industry? Who's, who's doing it right? Who's, you know, what's, what are the trends? What's going on? Um, and I learned a lot. And, you know, I, I looked at a lot of different companies and I kind of, um, you know, just kept going back to Anytime Fitness because I really liked, I liked their model. Um, you know, I liked the focusing on member value over, you know, just getting as many members as possible. 
Um, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was one, it was better for the, for the gym, for the, the owner and two, it's better for the members. Um, it seemed like a win-win all around. Um, when I started getting into the process, man, they, they help you, they help you through every step of the way, really. Um, they made it nice and easy, but, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what really pushed me towards anytime fitness was, um, you know, I liked what they were about and, um, you know, I liked the resources that they had available to them. Yeah. And so the brand anytime fitness feeling is born now it would be irresponsible of us to ignore this pandemic that just quite happened that threw a little bit of a wrench in your plans why don't you tell us about how that affected you trying to get this off the ground yeah man that uh honestly that almost ended us um so we you know i i got this franchise agreement in 2019 right before the pandemic hit um just my luck a few months later global shutdown. So um, California got hit hard with that, um, as everyone knows, I'm sure. Um, you know, and I, I was already in this, I was like, you know what, we have to move forward, how are we going to proceed? Um, almost nothing was available as far as real estate, you know, nothing was moving, the state was locked down. Um, and then it just kind of as, as time kind of started ticking, we saw, okay, the gym in town's going out. So we're going to take that spot. Um, we got that in, we got the lease signed. We thought we got the ball rolling good. Now to time, now, now it was time to start the build out. Um, it was a big construction project, man. We built this thing. I mean, the building was here, but we stripped everything and completely rebuilt the building. Um, unfortunately, because of COVID, we uh, couldn't start construction for almost nine months. Um, in that time, we were <laughs> in that time, we were still responsible to pay overhead on the building that we were leasing. So we were watching our capital drain day by day as we're going. Um, the time's getting closer and we're, we're just more and more like, hey, this isn't gonna happen. Like we're, we're gonna have to pull the plug and cut our losses. Um, you know, I, I, I made a decision to say, no, you know what? If I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Um, I invested- We are everything. all in. <laughs> I invested everything I had, all chips on the table um, and decided to open. And after yeah. the nine months, we were finally able to open our doors. No big grand opening ceremony, none of that stuff. We finally just opened our doors um, and just started getting people in. And I got to say, man, the 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 community responded great to it. So it worked out. Yeah. And so nobody's going to doubt your conviction or your belief in this sort of a business or this sort of a model, Mike. I think there's a certain screw it kind of attitude to I'm going to put everything I have into this and figure out a way to make it work. And that kind of like back against the wall mentality, I'm sure has been a, a driving force in getting to where we are now. Look back on, on the time since you were able to open at least to now, what's been your favorite part about operating a business like this and, and what's been the toughest challenge COVID forward? Um, my favorite part is, has been the people, um, you know, like, like I said, our community responded great to, to our opening. We, uh, we started a pre-sale membership sign up about three, I want to say about two or three months before we opened. Um, and we, we had 250 membership signups before we opened our doors. Um, after that, we were averaging about anywhere between 12 to 25, uh, new signups a day for the first several months of operation. Um, and then, uh, you know, 
what really hit us hard was uh, costs. So, you know, with the pandemic and everything else, costs just kept going up as they're still going up. Um, you know, at the peak of when we opened, um, you know, we were light on equipment. Um, we only got the stuff that we could, um, that we needed. Um, and we had to add stuff as we went. The problem is, is the cost of equipment just, you know, just through the roof. Um, still so, is. Yeah. So, you know, our members have been great and kind of, you know, been patient with us and able to kind of, um, <laughs> deal with deal with the limited equipment until we were able to get some more stuff in but uh yeah. and how big is the spot so it's a it's about 6400 square feet um you know they do they this do is a lot of square footage to fill out too <laughs> yeah so we do have a good we over we, we have over a thousand square feet of turf um which was something that i was a big uh component of because i'm a huge fan of turf space and functional training space um, so that does take up a big area of our, of our facility, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was tough to stock. Not cheap to, not cheap to start a gym. Anybody out there listening to this, if you're thinking about it, not cheap. double check those numbers, especially in a pandemic. Okay. And so, I mean, obviously membership was growing rapidly in the early days. You mentioned 250 at presale, 20 a day or something like that beyond that what did you do to get the message out about this from a marketing standpoint what what was driving all of this interest yeah that was that was tricky for us because like you know being a rural area you know the traditional i guess uh normal marketing tactics some marketing tactics just don't, don't really work out here um we tried to go the digital marketing route we paid for digital marketing and had to do the google ads and all that good stuff um we got okay response out of that, but what really got us the most response was the guerrilla marketing. Um, you know, we we spent money and got a bunch of shirts made and handed out shirts to people. We um, we did community events, so you know our town has like a fun days where they do a big community event. There's farmers markets. We're always at the community events. Um, we're sponsoring our local uh, uh, athletic teams. That really gets our name out there, um, and you know local newspapers, things like that is what has really been the most effective effective form of marketing for us. Yeah, I, I wanna pick your brain on on at least the digital side of it because there are, there are certain challenges given the demographic that we serve. This is a rural area. People might just not be on digital platforms as often, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Google or whatever it is. What I wanna ask you about, because I think this is important to the gym owner community, is that something that you did yourself? You were running these ads? Is that something that you worked with some sort of third-party agency? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so initially I worked with Goodway Group. Um, they were required. So Anytime Fitness, when you when you open, you have to do their um, digital marketing ramp program. Um, so we did that through them. Um, and then after that, I went and looked out another company that's a, a, a vendor through them, and it's uh, Kigo. Um, and I went through them and did some digital marketing through them. And it's kind of like a pay-per-click thing or, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big computer guy, so I couldn't tell you, um, you know, the terminology that they use. But, um, you know, like ad tracking and things like that that they did. Um, and, you know, judging out the analytics when I looked at it, you know, it seemed like we were getting pretty good response uh, from people, um, you know, on the, the internet, but it wasn't just wasn't translating to people coming through the door. Uh -huh. That's, that's the real kicker here. We obviously, like you mentioned, 
we put all of the money that we had into this business. I assume that that's not an endless supply of money. We can't just willy-nilly throw cash at problems like this to, to try to solve it. We need to be a little bit more strategic. And so, unfortunately, I hear that a lot is like either we worked with an agency or we did it ourselves. We would get a decent amount of impressions. People saw it. But it didn't always translate to memberships or dollars and cents at the end of the day. And I think that is the real hurdle or roadblock for a lot of people in our space, especially because one thing that you mentioned there, like I'm, you're not a professional marketer. Like even the lingo and the terminology that they use, it looks good, <laughs> but I know that I didn't have members from it. And that's what the real goal of all of this is at the end of the day. And so it's unfortunate. It is what it is, though. Yeah. Take me to the next step here. I'm interested in the actual sales process of this. Obviously, signing up members in that kind of volume in the early days is not sustainable. But now, if somebody reaches out interested in coming to the gym, walk me through the different kind of checkpoints or what happens for them to eventually be a paying member. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first, you know, first thing's always going to come down is come down to is getting them in the gym. Um, you know, we run and we run and we do walk-ins of course, but we do, and we try to do an appointment, um, system, uh, just helps keep things a little bit cleaner. Um, you know, and just getting them into the gym, uh, at that point, that's when we can really, you know, everybody in this industry knows that gyms are kind of like off places for some people. Some people are very intimidated by them. Um, and so, you know, recognizing that we immediately take that into consideration when they come into the gym, making sure it's a welcome environment. You know, we're friendly. We have good, good staff, good members. Um, from there, we gather their info, have them sign their little waiver. Cause you know, you gotta do, you gotta take care of your, uh, your, you know, your legal stuff. Um, after that, now, after they sign that waiver, now we at least have, we have their info. So, Hey, if it doesn't work out, we can follow up with them a little bit later to see if maybe it's the right time. Um, we give them a tour of the gym. Um, and th that's important because, and I make sure my employees take time to really, really get the tour. You know, don't just say like, Hey, this is cardio. This is free weights. This is strength. You know, that sort of thing, like really dig into what, what we have and why we have it. Um, and I think that's a good, a good way to kind of open people's eyes of, you know, they walk in here, they see all this equipment and they, their brain kind of goes scrambled. Um, yeah. From there, we continue the tour, show them the other amenities that we have in the gym. Uh, you know, we do have a body scan or a body scanner with Evolt. Um, so things like that, that we have inside the gym. Uh, from there, you know, we present them with our membership packages. We do do tiered memberships. Um, so we have our a basic membership that's just access. And then up from there includes things like classes, um, body composition scans, um, personal training, things like that, and upgraded memberships. And then from there, we just see what kind of fits well for them, um, contract link, things like that, and then finalize the sale. Got it. Okay. In terms of all of these things, it sounds like it's a fairly well thought out process. Who's handling this? Is the majority of it running through you or do we have other people that contribute to all of this? So most of it is, I mean, anytime fitness, they set up their, you know, they have their training and how they, you know, they give you a lot of freedom on how you run your gym. At the end of the day, you run it the way you run it. Um, they're going to give you the advice and the resources you need. Um, 
but they do give you the resources of like, hey, this is how we recommend um, your, your contact with your new members or your prospects. This is how to create new leads. This is how to properly conduct a tour, things like that. I run all through my employees through those training classes that Anytime Fitness offers. And then what I do is I, I run them through um, uh, role-playing exercises and it's not fun. <laughs> Nobody likes it, but you know, it gets, it gets the cobwebs off. It gets people to be able to talk to yeah. people um, and really yeah. just be, be personable. And that's really what it, where it comes down to, because if people feel standoffish at the end of that interaction with you, they're not going to sign up. I find that our industry and, and personal trainers and staff in general have a really, really hard time in sales. And a lot of the time it's just because they don't have the reps, you know, mm -hmm. like if I can practice and train on this, I'm going to like it better. If I'm good at something, of course, I'm going to enjoy it. If I'm not good at something, I'm definitely not going to enjoy it. And so while you say, yes, it's uncomfortable, it's necessary, right? For a business, the volume that you guys are doing, if we're closing at 50% conversion versus 60% conversion, over the course of a year, this is like hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is meaningful money. So small Absolutely. incremental increases really, really add up. Beyond that, I mean, we haven't been, we haven't been open for that that long, but I want to kind of pick your brain and see what you focus on in terms of retention. What is the brand and, and you do individually as a club owner to keep members as members as long as possible? Yeah, absolutely. Member, uh, member retention is huge. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, focusing on a member retention rather than just getting new members. Um, I think it's, I think it's better. Um, how we do it, we like to be interactive with our members. So we're constantly doing things on social media, things in club to keep our members involved with the, the, the club. Um, you know, when people feel more, um, you know, involved or I guess invested in the gym, they tend to have more loyalty, more, um, you know, advocacy for it. Um, so we do things like that. Um, if there are people that we, you know, we notice that haven't been in the gym in a while or signed up and never came, um, or somebody who comes into, they want to cancel their membership, but they, we look and they've only been once or twice. Um, you know, we, we really try to put the effort into, Hey, let's try this again. We can make this work for you. You know, let, let's do this. Let's get you a consultation with a trainer. Let's walk you through these equip this equipment. So you feel more confident getting in here. And we've been able to actually prevent pe people from canceling a good, a good amount of the time that way, um, or offering to just freeze their memberships for a couple, couple months if needed, um, for an injury or those things, and then pick it back up. And that stops them from canceling their memberships as well. Yeah. And and it's sad that we have to call that out as above average in terms of what the this traditional gym owner does. But you guys really formalize this process. We make sure that we're in contact with our members. We make sure that they are getting their money's worth because we know as soon as they stop using the facility, the next thing that comes is that cancellation, right? And Absolutely. for you guys, much, much easier to keep a member than to sign up a new member all day <laughs> beyond that mike i mean anytime has really created this new sort of niche for itself in in the coaching space and so things like personal training and group training and nutrition services and whatever else become a bigger focus 
how how prevalent is that within your club is that something that we're looking to build is that something that's already built tell us about that that's something we're still building um you know one of the biggest uh hurdles we've had is um uh staffing um trying to find personal trainers um has been very difficult um i don't i don't know if it's where we are or what it is if it's the whole the whole country i'm not sure but um you know staffing has been a big issue uh, we were able to get one really good trainer. He's awesome. You know, me, myself, I train as well. So I'm, I'm not just the owner, but I also train members here as well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're really building our, our PT, the PT side of things and focusing a lot on one-on-one -on -one personal training um, and then the group training as well. Um, so it's, it's a work in progress. And, you know, that's where, like you said, the sales comes into it, you know, personal trainers aren't salesmen, uh, but they have to, be. <laughs> they have to be. And, um, you know, that's something that we're really coaching with our, with our trainers through is, um, Hey, you know, your job is to train, but your job's also to sell. Um, and if you don't they believe nature, the business, you know, exactly. And if you don't believe that you're worth the money we're charging, then you're not going to sell it. You got it. You got to believe your worth. So, um, I think that's a huge factor of it. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I really appreciate that perspective. Now zoom out on all of this. I mean, we've talked a good deal about how it got started in the first place and what things look like now but paint us a picture of where all of this is going in your mind what's the what's the vision for anytime fitness failing uh yeah i mean <laughs> just keep growing um i want to be one of the most i want to be one of the top performing anytime fitnesses in california is my goal um you know uh i want to learn as much as i possibly can so when i finally transition and possibly you know venture into different parts of the industry, I, I, I have the wisdom and the, the forethought to doing it. Um, and really just kind of bring fitness to this community. I grew up in this community. It's a, it's a blue collar area. Um, it's not a big industry out here, but I think it can be. Um, so that's, that's something I want to see happen out here. Absolutely. I think it's, I mean, it's an interesting time in our industry because there are people who are still really, really hesitant to, to invest or to pull the trigger or to grow and things like this. There are people who, like yourself, are all in and we don't really have another option. This is where we're going with this whole thing. And I think in California, in the US in general and, and worldwide, there are so many people who need health and fitness guidance in this Absolutely. time. And no matter how to, how much we talk about the industry being saturated, we still have all kinds of people who don't even have a gym membership. I saw a statistic that the U.S. said something like 18% of the population has a gym membership. 82% of people don't have a gym membership. That's crazy. That's to me. We have so yeah. much untapped potential. And so I think you have the mindset. I think you're thinking about the right things here, Mike. So I am excited to see what the future holds for you. We're running a bit shy on time, but I want to save a minute to give you the chance to shout out where people can find out more about your club. Do we have a website? Do we have social media links? How can people find you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So of course you can always go to anytimefitness.com. Uh, we have our website through, through them. Um, but anytime fitness underscore feeling on Instagram. Um, we try to be really present on social media. Uh, it's something that you know, we have a lot of fun with, um, you know, my wife, she's, she helps, she's part owner too. You know, she, she does, she's awesome, man. She runs our social media. She, 
she she holds this place together really you know i always say i'm shout out to all the wives out there. exactly yeah i was like if you got if you got if you're a gym owner and you know your wife's helping you out make sure you let her know because you know they they do put in the work and they got to put up with the stress so um but uh yeah so anytime fitness feeling um or anytime fitness underscore feeling on instagram anytime fitness feeling on facebook uh homegrown fitness llc on instagram as well um we are going to be starting a website for homegrown fitness so that will be coming in the future we're going to be selling clothes stay tuned right um so yeah that's uh that's where you can find us that's perfect mike i i really appreciate this man i'm interested in in where all of this is going like i said i i appreciate you coming on here we're out of time but i wish you nothing but the best man hey i appreciate you having me on man it's a lot of fun absolutely to everyone who tuned in thank you as well don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Launch Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Rowena from Move Strong London. What's going on, Rowena? How are you doing today? Hi. Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Um, excited to be on the show. Absolutely. We're, we're excited to have you on. Now, before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you guys have going, up, going on at Move Strong London, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Um, so I run a personal training and small group fitness facility in North London in the UK. Um, we offer mostly one-to-one sessions. Um, but we have quite a growing number of group classes as well. Uh, we offer a lot of strength sessions um, and a lot of injury rehab work as well. Okay, okay. And how did you yourself get into the fitness industry? Um, I started out about 15 years ago. Um, I originally trained as a dancer, so I was very into movement um, and I'd always been into fitness as well. And it seemed quite a natural progression for me. Um, So I started out with my personal training qualification, um, started working out in the gym, working my way up as um, a lot of PTs do. And yeah, yeah, just been in the industry, um, working different facilities, learning, growing. Um, yeah, building on building on that knowledge. So, what were you doing right before you decided to open up your gym? Um, I was navigating um, 
my my career coming out of lockdown so we opened just over two years ago um or just under two years ago and it was a, a time in my life where like everyone everything was kind of pulled out from underneath my feet and I had to adjust a lot and adapt the way I was working um and my client base had changed a lot and it was obviously mostly online um and coming out of lockdown, I could already sense that that was going to shift because people wanted to return to face-to-face. -to -face. They were going back to work. Their daily lifestyle was changing. Um, and I could see that it was, it was providing quite a clear break for me. And it was the kind of gap that I probably never would have otherwise. Um, and opening a facility had been at the back of my mind for quite some time. Um, and it was quite it was quite nerve-wracking at the time because obviously it was quite an uncertain time no one really knew if you know each time we came out of lockdown we never really knew how long it was going to last or what that would look like um but i decided to bite the bullet and kind of now or never kind of thing um so yeah looked for a suitable space i found one just got started yeah so, I mean, the process of finding uh, your space, did it look like you just kind of quitting the job that you were working for and just take in a really big leap of faith? Um, not really. I was lucky enough to have um, quite a lot of online clients still. Um, so that's something I was able to maintain. I didn't really have any any face to face clients at that time. Um, and this was all just, you know, working um, independently with with my clients so that was something I was able to maintain um, so I didn't have to take a clear break in that sense um, but kind of as I predicted over the following few months that gradually dropped off as people returned to work or you know a lot of my clients had actually moved out of London during lockdown um, so they were now living in completely different areas uh, a lot of things were changing um so yeah my online client base did to reduce a lot okay so yeah since you mentioned that let's go ahead and dive right in and talking about like what you've been doing to build your clientele base up mm -hmm. so did you start from completely like zero in-person clients or were you able to transition some of your online clients into like one-on-one face-to-face -face? um i had about two clients that i was able to transition into face to face. Um, one of them is a really long term client. Um, she's become a very good friend as well. Uh, she travels from the other side of London just to train in the facility. Um, so I really value that. Um, I had one other client who just happened to be local, but it was really much, um, very much starting from zero and just scrabbling my way up. <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I mean, let's talk about the journey from basically mm. you started from, I, I mean, nothing. You didn't have, there was two people, right? Very close to, uh, yeah. to nothing, but <laughs> from zero to where you are now, what, mm. what, have, what did you guys do in terms of marketing and, you know, generating leads to get people mm. signed up? Um, in all honesty, it was a lot of kind of hard slog from me um just posting in local facebook groups connecting with the community joining whatsapp groups etc um i didn't have a huge budget so i couldn't invest in like a huge marketing drive um 
So it was very much about connecting with the local community. Um, I think being a mum helped because at the time I had a two-year-old, so I was able to network quite a lot with the local um, parent community. Um, and even though I'd never planned to, that kind of funneled into um, to become quite a large part of what we offer, which is postnatal, pre and postnatal um, training and classes, etc. And that was simply through kind of connecting with maybe one mum. And the mum network where I live is pretty intense, like it's pretty full on. So that kind of connected me to lots of other parents as well. Um, So yeah, that that worked out. That worked out um, really well. Um, And other than that, I would say lots of flyering, which I never anticipated. (laughs) it's pretty old school um but it seemed to really help just putting flyers out in local coffee shops local areas etc yeah yeah and building from there i'm sorry what's the last thing you said uh the flyering so popping flyers out local coffee shops and yeah yeah so it sounds like it was um a lot of like word of mouth referrals and Mm putting stuff out uh, in your local neighborhood in terms of flyers. Um, Is there anything else that you guys did in terms of marketing or like, is there anything you guys are thinking about, you know, looking a little bit more into? Um, I would say social media. uh, It's not, it's not a huge strong point for me. Um, I'm not very consistent with it um, and all the rest of it. Um, but that did seem to really help as well, just connecting with a few local um, accounts. So accounts that focused on stuff that's going on in our community. Um, that seemed to really help because every time they share something of mine in a story, you know, I get quite a few more followers, more engagement, that kind of thing, or get a few inquiries coming through. So, um, yeah, it definitely, it definitely seems to work. Um, one thing I would say that didn't work, and I don't know if it's just bad luck or I was working with the wrong people, but um, I did trial working with an external company to manage my social media. Um, and it just, it just did not, it did not work. It didn't suit our business. Um, I think what we offer is very personal um, and it's quite specific. And the company was just creating, you know, generic fitness workout Wednesday type things that weren't really they, you know, it looked nice. So I guess if someone looked us up, they were thinking, oh, they look professional. They've got a nice Instagram page, but there was no personality. There was no like real um, real idea of what we offer or or what we do um, so yeah I would say that didn't work <laughs> yeah I'm sorry you didn't have a, a good experience with that it's fine um, they did take some amazing photos which I still have so yeah. I've got um, <laughs> got some content at least right. okay yeah. so we kind of covered like the first thing because like obviously like when you open a gym you have to get people in the door in order to number one help yeah. people and then also number two to make money um in order to keep the doors open so yeah would you say that you were like confident in your ability like in your sales ability going into running a gym um I think so yeah um I'm not I'm not like a hard driven sales type person I was never that you know, the loudest PT in the gym, the most popular, the one that could just walk up to someone and, and, you know, 
start a conversation and start pitching, etc. Um, I've always very much um, just relied on being very genuine, very sincere, and just letting my kind of my product speaking for itself. Um, so obviously that's it's different when you try and translate that into opening a business and just bringing people in. Um, but I have kind of stuck to that in principle. Um, just always trying to be welcoming, really, never trying to do the the hard sale or the 21 day get rich challenge or or anything like that. Um, but I think two things that I did do when I opened, um, simply due to the demand, I started running a postnatal course. Um, and that was really, really popular. And I think making it a course and giving people something to sign up to and make that a financial commitment, um, I think it was a great offering to be able to give to people. And it also meant that I had a certain amount of money um, coming in for those, for those six weeks. And off the back of that, I then offered um, a, a strength training for women course because again, I was getting feedback. There's lots of demand. Um, and I thought that's a really valuable thing to offer. And again, that was, that was really, really popular. I think especially coming out of lockdown, everyone had been working out at home following online videos for the longest time. And they wanted to get back into the gym and just regain their confidence really. Um, so I think the timing for that was, was, was really good. Um, so yeah, both of those, both of those options were really popular. Okay. Okay. So tell us a little bit about like what your day to day looks like um, as the owner. You're obviously more than a gym owner. You're a mom. Mm. Uh, you have family. So how do you? And I don't want to like say the word balance. Um, it's like how do you keep everything organized with all of your responsibilities? And then you have like a team of trainers that yeah. you're also responsible for too. Yeah. Loaded question. I didn't know how loaded yeah. that question was until it came out. Take a huge breath. <laughs> um, I, uh, um, I, I aim for balance, um, but it's, it's basically impossible because there's not enough hours in the day um, and there will always be something that has to give. Um, and sometimes it might be, um, like my own training that's, that's had to give on many occasions. There's just not been time. I've maybe done a 20 minute workout three times that week, something like that. Um, it could be time with the family, which is, that's a big cost for me. Um, that's a tough one. That really is. Um, or it could be just taking a step back and, um, acknowledging, okay, I'm, I'm not going to answer all my emails today. I'm not going to, to work my way through all these inquiries, et cetera. Um, but um, just forcing myself to switch off sometimes because there does come a time when that, that kind of constant load just starts to, to affect me a little bit and I can feel it. It's just getting a little bit too much. It's, it's time to step back. Um, but yeah, I would say is it's a constant it's a constant juggle yeah um, and I wish I had the answer <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah I mean, I, mean I think that's something that um, we, I'm sorry what, what were you saying oh no I was, um I was going to talk a little bit um I've had to do um just a little bit of work as well around feeling guilty um 
because I feel um, sometimes I just feel guilty that I'm not spending more time with my family, with my son, etc. Um, and just working in my mind all the way through the different options. Um, you know, maybe I should have waited or maybe, you know, this wasn't the right idea. Um, but I'm, I'm very much following the lead of my business. I think it was, um, it's something I always wanted to do and it was probably my only opportunity to really go for it. Um, and the amount of growth that I've experienced, like personal growth in the past two years, it massively helps me be a better mum and just have a, a much stronger sense of self and, and yeah, much more confidence in who I am and how I want to be for, for my little one and for my family. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, how do you want like your role as the owner to evolve and change? Like, What is your like ideal day like look like as the business owner? Hmm. I think my ideal day would be um, maybe three to four clients or sessions. Um, I'm still very much an active coach. I absolutely love coaching people. Um, and like a clear admin break so I can just sit down and get stuff done rather than always doing stuff on the go, on my phone, on the tube, little bits here and there. I just, I love those moments where I can literally just sit down and really focus on getting stuff done and doing it well um and then yeah either a little bit of time with my team so helping with their development um we we do lots of team training together um I'm always looking to kind of build on that so that they can build on their skills as well um and also just training for myself um I love learning there's there's a lot still to learn when it comes to coaching um and that's one thing I've missed these past few years like I've done a few courses here and there but I really miss just having that time just to focus just on me and my development yeah absolutely so it sounds like to me you want to do like I guess find some systems and processes so you're doing less of the admin work and Mm. more of help your team you grow yourself team grow and you know of course, spend some more time with your yeah. family. That's cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about goals and maybe some of the challenges that you guys are working through right now. Like, What are the goals mm-hmm. that you are working towards in 2023? Like, I know you guys are in a process of moving into a bigger space. So congratulations yeah. on that. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So once we're in and, 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 I'll set, and I'll settled, what are some of the things that you are working towards when it comes to the growth of your business i would say um definitely to increase our member our member base um i would love to bring more people into the space and appeal to more people um i am quite mindful i still want to offer the same kind of service um but definitely bring more people in Um, one of our restrictions at the moment is, um, we can't really have classes and a lot of PT sessions going on at the same time. And obviously both classes and PT tend to happen at those peak times in the evening or the morning. Um, so I'm really keen to be able to offer more of, of both those things, um, to increase our classes, like different types of classes, um, 
more timings available and then just open up more availability for PT as well. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> so, and then what about, and you, maybe we just talked about this, but like for your personal goals, um, mm. how, I guess, how is the, how is the gym helping you reach like goals that you have set outside of the gym? The gym? Does that question make sense? Mm. I think so. So like my own personal goals that are not related to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a strange one. It's really difficult. I always struggle to put this into words, but somehow having that extra pressure and that extra responsibility really forces me to just step up. Um, and so my goal is to be more present with with my little one or my family. Um, having that time constraint and that pressure actually gives me more of a... I respond quite well to pressure <laughs> to a certain really? limit. Um, and yeah, it just it does help me um, just learn when to, to switch off and when to just really just leave it, leave it at the door and just come home and, and be at home. Yeah, really be um, there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have one more yeah, question definitely. for you before we wrap up. Looking mm-hmm. back to when you first started your gym um, two years ago, thinking about, you know, all the experiences and all the things that you learned, give yourself a piece of advice that you didn't know that you needed to hear. I would say to go a bit easier on myself. Um, I've always, in everything that I've done in life, I've always felt some kind of internal idea or internal pressure to be a certain thing or be a certain way. Um, I was the same when I worked as a dancer, it was the same when I had my little one, it's been the same opening a gym. I thought that I should be ready. Um, And looking back, I think, I could have just embraced the not knowing a little bit more, um, just being a little bit more transparent about the fact that I honestly had no idea how I was going to do what I was going to do. Um, yeah, I think that would have really helped. <laughs> All right, Rowena. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, that was very, no, very good. So <laughs> this is a good place for us to thank wrap you. up on this episode. You're welcome. But before we sign yeah. out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, they can find us in Walthamstow in North London in the UK um, and if you're looking online it's movestronglondon.co.uk Alrighty well thank you so much we really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast thank you and look forward to seeing Likewise, what you're going to continue thank you. to accomplish down the road <laughs> so to everybody who tuned in today we appreciate you as well don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit the like and subscribe button And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. 
Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam. And today with me, I have Mr. Pete, all the way from Cranbourne, Bunyip, and Clyde North locations of your health and fitness. Clyde, Pete, how are we doing? Good, yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Nice day here. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, well, it's, uh, what's the weather like over there? Uh, right now, it's probably 22 degrees Celsius, just so we know. Um, and stunning out. Nice work in the middle of summer, so definitely helps. Awesome. We're coming yeah. to the tail end of summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're just kind of coming in to the warm weather now. It's, uh, it was about 80 degrees today and, you know, sunshine, so. It's not bad. Awesome, man. Well, hey, appreciate the time. What I'm going to do is I'm going to open up to you and just kind of let you explain to our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into your health and fitness. So, yeah, I'm Peter, my name, Pete Harrison. Um, started, I'm 35 now, started in the fitness industry, oh, I think I was around 21, maybe 20, I think 21 when I finished my certificates to do it and just started as a subcontractor at a few gyms. Um, didn't know that I was going to be any good at the PT stuff and then turned out I was really, really good at it and over the period of the first two years that I was working at this one, uh, I was sort of a normal gym, just a gym that had group classes, big gym and I worked there for two years and probably got up to about 100 sessions a week and then different circumstances happened and I moved on from there to do my own sort of stuff a little bit and then started working, which I think you've had Snap Fitness as well. Um, Snap Fitness just recently opened in a location close to where I live. So I was there when they started. I started to work for them. Same sort of stuff happened really. Like I said, I didn't know too much about the gym side of it then. It was more just PT and training people and building that rapport. And then, yeah, ended up with, it was crazy. I couldn't keep up the 100 to 120 sessions a week at one point. 30-minute sessions, so 60, 60 hours plus which became really good. And then I thought I got into an interest to what was I going to do? And then I tried to do a few different gym locations that sort of didn't really work or there wasn't, I didn't understand probably the financial cost of it all. I sort of said, yeah, you get a facility and it's there. Then the rent came in and the equipment cost and the leasing. And I'm like, oh, maybe we'll slow down here. And then it sort of got to a point where I had to make a decision whether I wanted to go. And I sort of, Found a business partner, which is no longer with the company, but we did at the start, and we found a location, which was Cranbourne West in 2014. Um, started off there with the only sort of gym on the west side of Cranbourne. It's like a Cranbourne, Cranbourne South, East, North, and we were the only one on the west. Now there's about seven, which has happened in the last five or six years. And then we, I moved to more of a regional town out in Bunyip, and no gym in 25 k's, about 12 and a half miles, something like that, either direction, and so I thought it's with factories came up. So we put a gym in there and that went absolutely crazy because 
everyone in the town needed a gym and they had no access to one. So it went really, really well. And then obviously we were seven, eight months open and then COVID hits. And we were shut down for a total shutdown and restricted of trade for 392 days. The worst in the whole of the world. In Victoria, we were shut down more than any other country, state, place in the world. And we were the first things to get locked down and the last things to get opened back up, which was an interesting time. Fired all the staff, had to rehire them because the government gave us a reward to keep our staff on and they paid for our staff, which was great. We didn't just lie down within the first probably day, instead of just taking it and not doing anything, we launched our CCP, which was our community care package. So it was an online program. Everyone paid $10 a week, I think it was. And we had almost 80% of our members sign up for that, which kept us, which was good. But with like a lot of this virtual Zoom sessions, I remember the first Zoom session, we had about 45 people on the Zoom session and there's zero feedback while you're trying to train these people. And when it's 45, you're looking at all these screens and it was um, it was interesting. And then we did that literally every single day. Not myself, had staff have helped out as well, but we at least had one live session every day on Zoom. And then we posted two to three videos of workouts they could have done at home. And then, yeah, we got out of COVID and the community we built because we supplied a service. No one... At one point, it got that bad here that we couldn't travel any more than five kilometres from our house. And there was a curfew. We couldn't go out after eight o'clock at night. Full on when we had that. So a little bit different. And we saw, because we were giving back to the community, we leased out our equipment. We dropped off protein. We dropped off stuff to their houses. We became Uber Eats for a while. So we're doing as much as we could. And then once we were able to open, it was incredible the community support that came the other way where we were able to open our third location and which was in the plans in the middle of COVID. Um, I'm always a positive sort of, we can still make stuff happen. And then, yeah, the positive was once we got out of COVID, the community was so, we built such a good rapport with them that they were the only gym that they saw because we were flat out on socials and just giving back as much as what else we were going to do. And that's what I got into this industry for with the obviously help the clients and give back to them. And we yeah, prospered dramatically from that. It was, yeah, I think as much as COVID was hard and it was one of those things, I think it was one of the best things to happen to make you realise what you truly were doing for these people. And you sort of lose that when you do get into the business and you're looking at the numbers and you're looking at the members and you sort of forget that back into it and why you got started and COVID brought it right up. And then, yeah, we're here, third location, hopefully do some more. And, yeah, it's been really good. Awesome, Pete. Man, I didn't realize how bad it was, <clears throat> um, you know, not where you are. It's just a different, like, when you look back at it, I talk to people who are obviously not from, Victoria, even from interstate within Australia. Um, they're like, what, you mean 5Ks and you couldn't go out? We couldn't go out after 8 o'clock. You know? It was, yeah, looking back, it was strange. It was strange. Man, that's, yeah, that's intense. Um, but, you know, kudos, congrats to being able to, you know, kind of persevere and think of some creative ways. Uh, that's honestly really cool. You know, uh, the CCP, the little community care package, that's really smart, um, you know, in a way to kind of, you know, still be able to see your members and help them out, even though they can't come work out. Yeah, I think that was what a lot of people like, they couldn't do anything. And that was one of the things that got them through through the, the COVID times. And yeah, like we said, I can give back to where gym 
24-7 at the two locations, Cranbourne and Bunyip. We do our group fitness at all three locations called Voltage High Performance Training. So very focused around strength training is our main key focus, but doing strength training right, using like proper strength methods over a six-week period, doing the same exercises. Usually it's on a Monday, then we still have our heat classes and our other stuff. I sort of did a research on all the types of group fitness that have been done in the past from your Les Mills group fitness classes, the F45s, all your CrossFit. So I was riding the CrossFit at one point and we sort of found the best parts of everywhere with a big focus on the strength. That's our voltage side. Then we've got Recharge, which is our rest and recovery. It's our compression boots, which helps with blood flow. Infrared saunas helps your immune system, obviously helps move toxins out of the body. Then your hot and cold pool. So we have a cold pool at 14 degrees, a warm pool at 38 degrees Celsius, and an ice bath, which sits at two degrees, just pool above freezing. So we use that as contrast training, which really helps with their recovery. And then we've got our charged Pilates brand, which is our Pilates side of it. So that's also what the business is. Helps to wow. show that. A little bit of everything. Yeah, we're trying to... Our goal is what we see in the market, especially, I don't know if it's like that in the, in the States, but in Australia, it's very, someone has a gym membership, then they go to their group fitness at a different place, then they do their Pilates at a different place. But like, how do we, and not many places have recovery, I think we're one or two or three places in directly in a quote, like within a 50 or 100 kilometer radius that has a recovery center. I'm like, how do we get everything? Because these people are paying their gym membership, then they're doing their group fitness, then they're paying for their Pilates, so they're up. $150, a week for their exercise stuff. And with the, obviously our interest rates going up in Australia too, that wasn't the main reason. But I'm like, how do we get everyone to just go to the one location, get everything in and be a part of our community so that we can look after them properly? Probably the biggest, the biggest thing we did. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. You know, I, you know, that, that creativeness too, you know, it coming up with, Oh, how can I get everything in one gym that nobody else needs to go anywhere? That's that's pretty much what it is. We're trying to do a few other things, which is around sporting and that sort of stuff. Cause obviously sport and gym and health and all that goes hand in hand. So that's another thing we're trying to get into, but yeah, the main reason for the gyms and that was when I was PT and, and then I saw a lot of, a lot of people that aren't in the industry buying up franchises, whether it was, any of the big brands or small brands and they didn't have a vested interest in that industry or they were coming from dentistry or doctors or some medical related, which, yeah, it's got a thing. I, I go to the gym was one of the things where they're in civil construction and had money. So they were just like, where can I make more money? And I think it took a toll on a lot of the, the businesses to the, the people's view on the gym industry for a few years when they all started to do that because obviously they were opening it purely for the financial benefit. Oh, and it's a it's a great product. Like, don't get me wrong, I want everyone exercising. But some of the places it seems it's profits over clients and we you have to have that. I'm not being stupid at the business thing. You have to make money or you can't do anything. But if you start to just drift towards that profits too much or just opening it purely for that financial reason, you can find a different franchise to get involved in, like a Domino's or a McDonald's or something that'll be That'll make you money and you don't really have to have any vested interest in the people coming. Yeah, there's a million other ways to make money, but you know, if you really want to help people, then you know, help them. Mm, that's that's exactly why I did the the gym stuff. And you still see it today. I'm not like it's great to see everyone exercising and stuff, but as long as the people that are running those businesses are investing in their members, then it's the most important part. Awesome. Love that. Love to give back to the members. 
That's who come back to you. Yeah. Well, Pete, let's uh kind of dive in a little bit to the business. So, you know, kind of walk me through each facility. You know, how big are they? What's the membership like? Uh, so Cranbourne West is our largest facility. I think they're almost par with Clyde now because we're about to lease the second part of the building. But Cranbourne is 819 square metres, about 32,000 feet. Um, that helps. We is look at around... 32,000? Yeah, 32, no, 3,200 feet, so okay. not 1,000. 32,000 is a bit too big. Uh, so, yeah, it's decent size, big enough for a 24-7 gym, and we have our group fitness at the start, at the front of it, which we, at the start, our group fitness was, yeah, quite amateur. Now it's really up professional with the vaulting side of it, but we're looking at around 750 to 800 members at the moment. Our goal, we did hit 1,000 at one point just before COVID, but we were, like we said, we are the only gym in the area, so it did help. Uh, it's going really, really well. But just the new upgrades, we've got some equipment coming, but we always try to keep the facility as fresh. We move stuff around, we get new equipment, we build different spaces, painting, all the normal stuff. But that's the business side of it there. So about eight, yeah, 800 members, I think, at the moment. Last time I looked at a few on suspension and stuff. Over the years, I think we've had over 5,000 people come through the facility as a yeah. total. So, and obviously they move and whatever, whatever or not. Bunyip, and that's in a population of the area of Cranbourne West is about 11,000, 12,000 people at the moment. The greater community of Cranbourne's in the vicinity of about 55,000, which we're getting that 10% return, which we sort of look for in the markets. Bunyip market, totally different. It's a really small community vibe. It's sort of the main area for four small little towns. Roughly each town would have, Bunyip has a population of about 3,500 people. And then we've got four close ones. Garfield's the closest to it, within a two-kilometre radius. They've got about the same, about 3,000. And we've got a town named Tynong, which has got about 2,000. And Long Warrior's got another 2,000, but they're all within a 10-kilometre radius. And we are about 505 or something like that sitting there. So, And the facility size there, two buildings, it's about just under 500 square metres, so 2,000 square foot. So... Amazing support we get there. It's all community. Like it's a, it's not that Cranbourne's not because it's obviously a bigger population. You do lose that one-on-one touch. Where I live in the town too, so I see these people at the shop, at the service station, wherever you are, at the local footy club where they're playing or we sponsor the local football club. So yeah, that's yeah, blew my mind when we the support we've had from there and from Cranbourne through the COVID periods. And then Clyde, a little bit different. It's only group fitness, recovery, and the Pilates. So a different. Pricing point is obviously almost double. Some areas triple for the service price. We see it just we just ticked over two hundred, which is really good in six months. Considering we've done less than five thousand dollars worth of advertising in that six month period, so huge organic reach, which is great. It's uh, five hundred and seventy three square meters for the main part. Consisting of that, it's about a three hundred square meter group fitness area. The recovery takes up about one hundred and fifty, and the Pilates takes about a hundred. And we've just added onto that, we're leasing the building next to us, which is adjoining with another 318 square metres, which is more of a PT sport related thing that we're still working on. So the business side of it, yeah, it's, it's good. Excellent. And then so you said Bunny has right around like 200 members. Is that right? Is that what you said? No, so Clyde has a 200, Bunny has 500 and something, 505 or something. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 200 there. And then you said 75 or 100 on Bunyip. 200 acquired and then 505. In 505. Okay. Sorry. 500. Yeah. No, that's all right. Yeah. We have, a right. we have a population of, yeah, no more than, yeah, be no more than 5,000 that would have access. <clears throat> Very good. And then obviously you mentioned that potentially the the Clyde location kind of adding on or getting a bigger building to merge the the recovery with the gym. Yes, correct. And the population, so the main reason for Clyde is the population growth in Clyde will grow from something around 30,000 now to around 100,000 people in the next 15 years. So the huge growth corridor in Victoria or even in Australia will be the biggest suburb in, in Australia is the the news we're hearing so good for us absolutely absolutely no yeah lots of good things going on there so let's kind of uh you know tackle the hurdle you know if, if there's anything that's different from each of the studios or if it's all the same we can kind of tackle that step by step but what's the biggest way that leads are coming in through your door somebody that's not a current member uh most of our leads come through referrals I would say that'd be our highest pull point. Then it'll be social media and, and website stuff. There's sort of, that's probably all three locations. Phonium's probably more referrals. And we, like we said, there's no facility within a 25K radius of each side. So we sort of really don't have any competition there. Where Cranbourne, we do have a lot of competition, which is good. I don't think there's any, I think the more gyms in the area, the better because it makes them more aware of health and fitness and then they see you as well as they see the new company that just opened and that builds a lot more people joining. When any of the gyms has ever opened close by or near us, we've increased our membership through that month and that two month period because people are aware of fitness in that area, which is great for us, great for everyone. Awesome. So yeah, so, you know, uh, leads come in your referrals your social media you know what yep. else are you guys doing with that are you doing any kind of like paid marketing or so to be perfectly honest on the whole thing our marketing and advertising spend is i would say probably the lowest that it should be we've just this month because when you're into an obviously a new location in clyde yeah we're starting to compete with some bigger companies and obviously our group fitness has got to compete with companies that have got bigger reputation and branding than we do and they really don't know who we are. So we've in this just this last month we've employed a marketing company to take care of all our Google analytics, all our Google advertising, all our meta advertising, our EDM, so email direct marketing, our lead captions, landing pages. So they've pretty much taken control of that over the last six weeks, which hasn't launched because obviously there's a lot of stuff to get right the branding and getting the advertising and everything right so that should launch fully by the next week the week after and we'll have we're gonna spend almost over, probably up to 100 grand this year on the advertising and marketing side previous years we would have spent 15 matt like we don't our organic reach and community building from that is is massive so but now we're getting to a point where we do have to reinvest a lot of that to start to show people who we are. And that's where that huge marketing budget jump what, six times our normal spend is to see what we get on a return for that. Yeah. <clears throat> and 
you know, rightfully so, you know, oftentimes a lot of gym owners are doing the paid advertising, you know, in addition to, you know, the basics, you know, referrals, word about things like that to really maximize the growth of the facility. So. Yeah, we're excited to see how incorporating, especially that paid and that direct, giving it to a company that actually understands it, because obviously we lift weights and that's about as good as I get with that stuff. Um, but it really does show when we've seen all the analytics coming back and all the tech on it all. And I know all, I'm really good with the numbers for the business and that side of it. So I can literally tell you up to date what our cost and everything yeah. is, because that's where I'm really invested numbers and the community people, the gym. But now that we're investing into that paid advertising, yeah, I'm sort of excited to see what it'll be like in 12 months time. We might not have enough room. It's not that. That's really a bad problem. No, good problem. Excellent. Well, you know, walking around numbers, kind of what's what's the footprint like right now with the leads? You know, how many leads are you seeing through each facility, um, you know, like week over week? The week over week, Cranbourne would be in the lead vicinity of that 30, 30, 30 plus a week somewhere. It depends, obviously, that's an average. Some weeks it's flat out, some weeks it's not. Um, Clyde has a little bit more than that in that 40, but it's a lot. Obviously, the leads come in, the conversion's a lot less at Clyde because the price point's a lot higher than it is at Cranbourne. And then Bonyip, our lead's probably in that mid to high teens, 15 through to 20. It's just not as big in the general leads. It's a lot more just other sign-ups or... Yeah, but the conversion rate for Bunyip would be high, be in the 90s, and the conversion rate for Clyde would be somewhere in the low, low 60s. And Cranbourne will probably be that 65 to 70 percent. Haven't actually looked at them for this month, but it'll be that's what it's averaging at the moment. Excellent. And then, you know, while we're on the topic of numbers, you know, what's you know in your in your experience of what's happened right now? What you know, how many people are you setting to show versus are actually showing? Show to so from that's where we're a little bit or on the, the not so much show we sort of book in on the spot most of the time the shows we follow up they get an email and a text i would say the shows are probably in that 60 we do it a little bit different too we do obviously we offer a free trial we do something that we offer to everyone which i'm not sure there's very common in a lot of places but a two-week free trial for which anyone who asks and the conversion rates on there is in that the 70s to 80 percent i think it was 82 percent in jan because obviously the start of the year but our trials, if we can get someone on trial, around that 75 to 80% of people join. So we don't get them come, get back to the question, shows we probably get 50 to 60% of the people show that actually call back and get involved, which is the hardest part. Okay. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Call them and then no answer. So we, yeah. we thought of just book them straight into a class and they normally will show to a class because it's not really a sales pitch and that's a lot easier to obviously sell them once they do a class. Yeah. Yeah. We get classes are a little bit easier to sell. Yes. The gym can be a can be a tricky one. Yeah. I mean, lots of gyms have, you know, we'll say free weights and machines and basic stuff like that. So it's like, you know, making yourself a little, you know, more unique and and uh, you know, aside from the fact not having, you know, much competition. So that's a, the Bunyip location is in Cranbourne. Yes, we've got all your big brands, any time, your Jets, your Snaps, your, all your normal franchise. And it's obviously they're in the, the pockets of obviously small little estates 
that they draw those people because it's literally less than a two minute walk from their house. Mm-hmm. Location is everything in the in the gym industry before anything else. Location, location, location. Yeah. Right on. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, Pete, let's, you know, mention, you know, right now you're, you know, potentially getting that, that, that bigger location for the Clyde, but, you know, more, more focusedly on, you know, like you, what's kind of like your big goal for, you know, this year and into the next, as far as your facilities, you know, like what, where, where do you want to see yourself in the next, you know, one to two years? So the next one or two years, we want, we sort of, obviously in the next two years, do develop this Clyde location to, it's a two, it'll be somewhere in the 2,000 square metre or 8,000 square foot facility. So really large, what we call a super gym is what we want to sort of try to do. For myself, and we've had this with our meeting and staff, not stepping away, but moving more into that, working directly on the business, more so than being hands-on, which is happens in now it is with staff and this and that and getting it all systemized so that I don't have to be there and anyone can action, unaction, do the stuff, find the passwords for the computers that they don't seem to find when we tell them where they are or clean up the gym or do everything that they should know and they should do, but having it all automized so anyone could literally come in and the training methods and then structures for our staff so that we have different tier levels that we want to work with, say, how we want to structure our progression of employment. So you start on level one, level two, level three, and directly show them how to work their way through so that they feel that they're growing in the business. And myself personally is, yeah, have that freedom to work on other projects that are going to support the gyms, whether that's in the sporting side of it or a more PT stuff. We've got one of the trainers who really wants to develop a PT training system for the gym because we don't promote PT as well as we should and it's a product that goes hand in hand with the gym but we sort of just let it with the PTs but now we're going to systemize it so we can sell it to all our members with different options just your nutrition or just your training and really focus on getting them the results they want through the PT stuff so that's probably the next one or two years. Excellent great goals um so you, excuse me, you, you touched on, you know, the, you know, maybe like for lack of words, stepping back just a little bit to focus more on business side of things when the time gets there and everything, you know, where is most of your time being spent inside the facility currently? Uh, so we had a really big staff meeting about three weeks ago now. And since then, everyone sort of stepped up because the communication was a bit of an issue with everyone knowing where and what and how. Since we've had that, my main working location has been Clyde three days a week and I work up only up half a day and I sort of just don't really go to Cranbourne because the operations manager who runs Clyde and Cranbourne, we just got a club manager and they're absolutely killing it. So I don't have to do anything there, which is great. But a lot of my work at the moment has been yeah, getting all these systems and things in place and working with this marketing team because obviously we need to make sure that's perfect with all our right branding and that's taken up a big chunk of it at the moment. But yeah, I'm looking at the board next to us and we've got all our stuff written up there. So no, it's really... That's where I've been working most of the time is really on that systems and booking in meetings for staff and just managing them because I think I work for them more so than work for the clients and they work for the clients and giving them the right support, which is the most important part. Yeah, no, that's great. And would you say that, you know, you're, are you completely hands off on like the PT and the group side of things in, in the gym and more just 
folks saying I'm managing the staff in there and, you know, the, the things, or is there parts of you where you're in classes in PT, stuff like that? So no, I don't have anything to do with the PT stuff. I used to, but not anymore. I stepped back from that a couple of years ago, which is still hard to people want to do PT. Um, I did actually have to fill in a group fitness class yesterday. I had to do the three of them, which is fine. Every now and then one staff member was not well and it just happens and I was here at that time. So they sort of, they try to fix it themselves, but sometimes I, they're like, I was there. I'm like, yeah, no stress. Um, so that'll be the only time I do that. And then there's just a few reception stuff. I had one staff member who's in Hawaii, in Hawaii at the moment for three weeks. So we don't have anyone because obviously the time that she does is the afternoons and the three other people that could cover are already working at different locations. So that's a bit of the tricky part. But outside of that, I think in the next, yeah, by the end of March, the new manager at Cranbourne will be set in and basically I'll have to, I could retire is what we make jokes about. <laughs> well, that's uh, do all the boring thing yeah what, what's what's that boring thing for you what what's uh you know let's let's kind of dive in you know we'll reverse this a little bit what's retirement look like for you what you know what's uh what are you going to do well actual retirement probably never will retire because that's just stupid because there's always something you can work on and it could be i'm like yeah i've got i've got to have a million things on the go at once otherwise the brain's not calm if there's like launching the locations or different locations, the actually building and all that is stressful as hell and crazy. And you can imagine different trades and things going on. And But it's great because there's so much going on. Once that finishes and you get to the open stage, that's actually the most depressing part of the whole thing. So I'm like, Ooh, I'm, it sounds weird. And most people don't understand. You should be celebrating that. That's the journey of getting there. Once you get there, it's sort of like, it's boring to the point where, okay, now I've got a bit of reception and tell these people how good we are. It makes it a bit difficult than the building side of it. The building and getting it all up and running is, yeah, full on and it's great. Yeah. So I think I always need to have, and you can ask my wife or anyone, even that I work with, that my things, we've got a million different things going on at once. Whether we follow through on some of the things, it doesn't matter because there's so many other things going on that it might just be an idea for five minutes and, yeah, it's a very crazy up here, which can be hard to sit down and do paperwork and levels and structures because it's a bit boring. But it's definitely very, very important, and we're getting a lot of it done, which is great. No, oh, yeah, that's <clears throat> that's excellent. You know, we um, you know, do you have is, is these three locations kind of like it, and just maximizing you know, everything that's going on inside or do you have plans to do more with your health and fitness? Um, definitely not the limit with these three. Um, I don't think I'd have a limit when I got to 300 or 400 or 3,000 or 5,000. I think I'd still be trying to find something and do something that's just a non... Yeah, I don't think I could ever stop. Maybe not in this end. It might be different, but I think I'd have to have something... I think this is more of a business that I want as a legacy business than just a business that you make and sell. I want it to become something that's important and our vision statement is to have allow everyone to have the access to your health and fitness and turn health and fitness exercise into a want, into a need, not a want. So that's our biggest. We want everyone that should be, that needs to exercise, everyone should have that as a need and not a want. And uh, that's where I totally agree. 
and hold them. Affordability is a huge one. Um, everyone should be able to afford it. It shouldn't be blown out of the water and people are worried about putting food on the table rather than exercising. You should be doing both. Mm -hmm. um, going back to the, you know, the, the goals, you, you mentioned Cranbourne, you know, the goal is right around, you know, close to a thousand or a thousand members. Yep. You know, I'll come back to that in just a second. You know, what's the, the, you know, Clyde is going to be booming and building with clients and things like that in the future. You know, what's the, the, the bigger membership goals right here with Bunyip and Clyde? Uh, Bunyip sort of, we'll get to a point because the location is not as big as we would like. And it's mm -hmm. obviously going to get very difficult because we're sort of cramming most of those members who use the gym into only a, what, 250 square meter, little thousand square foot gym. It sort of limits how much equipment you can have. So we're sort of limited with just the size. I think if we had a bigger location, we could definitely increase numbers to get that thousand. If we had double the size, I reckon it'd be quite achievable. Um, we are looking at doing a Pilates studio in the town of Bunyip, which we've already had experience with that in Clyde now. And one of my trainers is qualified and she really wants to use that as her next growth factor for her personal self. So that's something we're looking at. Hopefully we can do something there. But also with the Bunyip location, there's a town that's not that far away. Druin is the town that, and there's no real, there's definitely a bigger population in that 30 to 40,000. And we can definitely put something big as the main facility and have Bunyip as its side sort of gig, like your, your smaller sort of gym area. But yeah, sort of limited Bunyip, sort of a tricky one. Yeah. But don't have any, there's no infrastructure, there's no commercial property that's very limited in where we can put something. So that's the hardest part. Geographically restricted. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Makes sense. And quite um, just, I had a goal for Clyde when we first opened our break even or our goal was to get to that 75 members to make sure that we were actually paying the bills and we could afford to run it. It's running like it's breaking even. I wouldn't buy. Probably make it proper now. I haven't checked it directly, but our goal was 75. We achieved that within like three weeks. So that was great. And then before the end of the year, we just picked on 140 members, which was great. I had a goal for the end of December at 130. And then we've just ticked over literally in the six weeks, 205, I think, was our membership base. I think I checked it yesterday. So we are quite, I think, same thing. We might be limited with, obviously, we've got flooded. We've only got nine beds, limited spots. You can go there. The recovery centers, six compression booths. The pools now, you could, yeah, still get a few, but we might get restricted in the amount of members that could access it. Group fitness should be fine, but you know how I mean, you sort of, is it too many people and it's starting to become crowded? And then that, that theory comes to you're just worried about the profit and the people. So it goes against one of our one of our um, values. So yeah. That would be I think around that four hundred mark would be spot on for Clyde for four fifty. And I think it's easily achievable if we've done two hundred and six months with no advertising. Yeah, so yeah, if that's where you've reached without the advertising and then, you know, maybe you throw that in there and it's like, bam. And it's just obviously where we are in Clyde North and that the, the road infrastructure is quite terrible at the moment. They had to shut down some roads to do some, to build some overpasses and stuff. And 
that's killed us in the last two weeks because obviously people can't just literally drive a two-minute drive. Now we're turning into a 15 to 20-minute drive and that just kills us, same thing, location. But now they're all fixed, so we'll see a bit of an influx over the next month or so, I reckon. Yeah. Awesome, Pete. Um, well, a few more things here as we're going through our conversation. You know, if there was, you know, if there was anything, you know, what, you know, potentially would you either change and eat any of the facilities or what would you want to maximize um, inside each facility? Obviously, I know PT was a touch point, but you know, where in each facility do you feel is going to be the biggest generator of, you know, maximizing the revenue to you know, obviously carry on from what you're already doing? If we could maximize the amount of people that were using all three services at Flight, so a lot of them do just the group fitness or the Pilates and all the recovery. They're not a lot of them do all of it as a combined service, which is our original goal. So a lot of it would be driving more people to do the group fitness class, but also try to get them to do a Pilates class once or twice a week to complement their strength training in the group fitness. And then explaining the benefits of the recovery and getting them to use that would be our biggest driver. And maybe we made a bit of a mistake with the way we set up the membership structures, but I don't think that's the biggest. I think it's just educating people on the importance of all three. That's probably one thing we would change from the start. Um, I think Cranbourne's a bit of a... I thought I'd really want to change. I think we did it the way. I like to build the facilities in a way where you have the potential to grow instead of just maximizing and throwing everything at it. And then you can get enough people where it seems a lot better. And especially for people, especially Cranbourne's most, we started with oh, 10% of the amount of equipment we have now. And over the years, we've increased that. One thing it does, it shows the members that we're spending their money on stuff for the facility. Two, it allows you to grow. And three, it doesn't cost you so much at the start. I see so many people and I've got a, one of my PTs who wants to do his own gym and stuff. And he gave me a list of all this equipment. I'm like, do you need all that? Like, start off with something totally small, get to that point because you don't want to overcapitalize and then underperform. So that's probably our biggest one. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, to clarify, you know, just, you know, maximizing people to use all three services rather than just, you know, one thing. And obviously group fitness is a good, is a good generator. Um, just, just yep. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's definitely. And then, like you said, PT is probably one of the big, because I find the, I don't know if it's the same there, but the PT structure in many places that I've worked at, it's sort of a competition between the PTs instead of having a team environment, which is kind of, it's a point. I understand that because I worked in a full rent based system where you paid your rent, you trained your clients. I just trained my clients, but I wanted to be, if I was working in that environment, if me and you were PTs and then I had to go on holidays, I'd be quite happy for you to train my clients while I was away, have sick leave available for the PTs, have annual leave available for them, and then just sharing each experience across, which is the goal. It's hard because people still see it as that's my client, which is fair, and the clients build rapport with their PTs. But that's a big yeah, growth factor area where I think we can really maximize at all locations and get the results for people too. Cause I think PT is the number one way to get them the results. Everything else, obviously group fitness helps going to the gym by themselves, but we all know when it's personalized to that point, it's for that person. Yeah. You can kind of elevate that next level. You know, group fitness is great. You know, you're going to get in shape just in general, but if you have like, 
you know, you want to do a bodybuilding competition or you want to do maybe a strongman competition or, you know, something, right. You more, more specific to you, not necessarily like, Oh, I just want to lose some weight and get some muscle. And that's a uh, true. And I get that rapport with their client and yeah, they can achieve that much more because it's obviously, yeah, like you said, personalized, but what their goals, whether it's to lose the 30 kilos or run a marathon, that's what they're there for. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Pete, uh, I think it's a good place to wrap up. Two last things here for you today. Go for it. First thing is for somebody else out there that's looking to start into the fitness world, opening up their own business, whether it's a gym, uh, 24-7, kickboxing, Pilates, you know, just, just a fitness facility, what would your words of advice be? Don't overthink it. Get shit done. And it doesn't have to be perfect to start. Because oh, even okay. we've been, what, eight years in our group fitness and I believe we're only at 5% of what I think the potential of our group fitness can be. So that's just so many people obviously try to be perfect before they launch and it doesn't work. Simple and, and uh, very directional. <clears throat> yeah. All that. And then uh, last thing, Pete, you know, give a shout out to your facility. How can people out here listening right now, how can they look up your wet, look up your facility? Um, just search your health and fitness. I think probably if you just search your health and fitness, either with the, I think you can just search that straight up or our, obviously our social media page is your health and fitness. Each one has its own for Bunyip Pride or Cranburn, uh, Recharge Rest and Recovery or Charge Pilates. They all have their own social accounts. Uh, that's really all. Send us an email at info at yourhealthandfitness.com.au. And that's really the easiest ways to find us. Awesome. Appreciate sharing that, Pete. Um, for everybody else out there Thank listening. You. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. If uh, anybody else out there, it had been listening and wants to jump on our show, feel free to click on the link below, type in info. We'll get you on and we'll learn about, you know, your perspective on everything and, and have a conversation about it. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Jim Lords podcast. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.